Hey everybody, Saul Marquez with the Outcomes Rocket. Today I am joined by Mina Malapetti. She is the co-founder and CEO at Amplify MD. She's a successful executive and entrepreneur with years of experience working at the intersection of healthcare, technology, and finance. After a rewarding tenure on the business side of healthcare, Mina co-founded Amplify MD to address significant needs, both medical and financial. For, for specialty access in hospitals and outpatient settings across the country. It's a much needed segment and uh, I'm glad that she and her team are working on it. Mina, I'm excited to have you here uh, on this podcast series on the bookends of help. Uh, so excited you could join us. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to, to chat more about all things healthcare today. Yeah, likewise. And, and so before we jump in, Tell us a little bit about you, Mina. What is it that inspires your work in the healthcare space? Yeah, so for healthcare, it's always been intellectually uh, an area of curiosity and inspiration. There are so many things about the human body and what we do and don't know about it that have always intrigued me from when I was a child all the way through school into the business world. Um, OCHEM was my uh, was my kind of blocking wall to go into med school. Well, <laughs> the rest of the family, so I am the black sheep. The rest of the family did did make it over that hump, if you will. Uh, so nice. they are all, uh, you know, we have tons of family in, in the medical profession, um, MDs, uh, practicing all over the country, all over the world. So I hear, uh, you know, growing up and even through to today, we hear all the time um, about all the issues in healthcare in terms of from a provider perspective, right? We know it as patients, you and I, we hear it from our friends and colleagues in terms of who need access to care, how hard it is. And this is, you know, I live in the Bay Area. Um, you've lived, you know, in various other major metro areas as well yourself. We've also traveled to areas that don't have great access to healthcare. And we know exactly what they mean when they say, hey, I'm waiting seven months for a neurologist, or I'm waiting four months mm. for a psychiatrist, or I'm waiting, would it, you know, pick your time period that is more than a reasonable amount of time that someone wants to wait when they're sick. And that's what it is for specialty care in this country. Uh, and that's assuming you have insurance, right? It's, it's that much worse if you don't, and you're unable to pay or unable to cover those fees. So um, from a provider perspective, what we were also hearing is that um, you know, yes, there's specialists in this country, but there aren't enough. And they are fully overburdened in terms of what they're doing. Obviously, COVID overburdened a lot of our providers in this country, but the specialty teams, ID, pulmonology, critical care intensivists, et cetera. Um, and then the knock-on effects from long COVID and other follow-on effects from people that delayed healthcare, right? So then that impacts the whole spectrum from cardiology on down and, of course, mental health issues that have come out of that. So it's, it's one, we have too few specialty providers in this country, and two, the ones we do have are overburdened with the care we need to provide. So the only way to solve that problem sustainably and scalably is to have providers do more with less and have hospital systems do more with less, be able to practice more efficiently and be able to provide care to more patients in the same amount of time. And that means finding a way to practice medicine better. So how do we make technology work for us? You know, well, well there's, there's a lot of ideas out there is it is it like tell us more about that? You know, what may, maybe highlight what Amplify MD is doing to solve. Yeah, the problem. no, I'm happy to. So started uh, Amplify MD with actually my partner in life, my partner in crime, um, Anna Nathan. So uh, husband and wife co-founding couple, yes. which is always gets a laugh from people. I love that. So if we haven't killed each other yeah. yet, we must be onto something, right? So and what we're onto <laughs> is quite frankly the fact that uh, when what I alluded to earlier, which is to solve the problem of your zip code not determining your healthcare. 
um, is the only way to do that is to use technology to help solve that problem. And what we've done is we are both a medical group as well as the SaaS platform, the technology platform to enable those services. So what's happened before in telemedicine, if you think about, if you say telemedicine, uh, historically what it's been is it's been urgent care or, you know, my child is sick at 2 a.m., or maybe some mental health services, right? It hasn't been something that is pervasive and it hasn't been something that's really driven by solving clinical needs for the provider or specialty access needs for hospitals, health systems. What we've done is we flipped that around and made the, the system work for the provider and meet the needs and the gaps. So um, what we're doing is we're working with health systems on an inpatient and outpatient setting. Like, hey, what are your specialty coverage gaps? What's driving you to transfer patients? Or what's having you lose patients? What's having you readmit patients from complications? cases that didn't need to happen because you didn't have the right specialist on hand or the right access to care or the timely access to care that you need, right? If you're a post-stroke patient and you've gone to the hospital, luckily had good outcomes in your discharge, obviously you're going to be recommended to see a neurologist in the next five to seven days. Most people can't get that appointment, right? You don't get that appointment. There might be complications coming up. You end up right back in the ET and admitted. That's not a great outcome for anybody, whether it's the patient or the health system or the payers of our country, right? And this is driving $17 billion in unnecessary treatment costs and, and costs across the health system and over um, 11 million unnecessary transfers annually. So this is a problem we thought was really important to solve. And what we've done to have technology solve it is we've made our platform the way to have providers come in and have an integrated experience regardless of which specialties they're um, they're practicing in and regardless of which uh, facilities are supporting. So the pain points for doctors practicing remotely is logging into all the different EMRs and doing all the different documentations and care coordination and scheduling and all of those things that aren't actually practicing medicine, right? That's not time with patient. Mm -hmm. So we've done is we've stripped out all of those things, whether it's using AI or machine learning or just straight up technology to take away the repetitive tasks and get operational efficiencies so they can spend just as much time with the patient, but they're actually cutting all the excess time they spend on all the administrative tasks of, of practicing medicine. So they actually can actually spend that time with the patient they need to. Is the platform set up to, to provide virtual care? Are you also doing uh, in-person care? It's a great question. Um, so we are 100% virtual. We have no boots on the ground. And okay. the reason for that is, uh, like I said, we we focused on solving the problem of, of specialty access in our country. But we wanted to do it from a provider-centric viewpoint, which means we're trying to support our specialty providers where they are trying to make, you know, Amplify MD the place where they want to practice and, and be totally. their practicing home. And that means making it... Um, meet their needs. What providers don't want to do is they don't want to be a cog in the wheel, right? That's where a lot of health systems lose them in terms of you don't know what happens to that patient. Amen. You don't have control over your schedule, all of those kinds of things. So we're looking to, A, not just make the practice of medicine better and more efficient for them, but also B, make them feel um, and understand and really know how valuable they are and how appreciated they are in the what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. And that means, um, you know, keep it virtual, let them control how and where and when they're practicing, but focus it on the delivery of high quality specialty care and not on the how and the other nitty gritty details that hospitals sometimes over-focus on to the detriment of the job satisfaction of their providers. Uh, sounds like a, like a huge value add. Uh, many, many health systems are, are concerned, right? They're going to lose patients because they can't take care of the full spectrum of needs. So uh, Amplify MD comes in and you're able to help them. So then are you guys uh, white labeling so that when they meet with their patients, it's 
you know, the local health system showing up to take care of them or? How yeah, so work? actually, um, we don't have a lot of ego with who's treating the patient. The point at the end of the day is to treat the patients, get, get, you know, the Amen. quality yeah. of access across and democratize that Love access. That. So if you think about it, when the last time you saw a specialty provider, whoever that be, cardiology, psychiatry, neurology, what have you, um, do you know who they work for? No. Yeah. No, so I mean, when no. we when we go in to see our patients, same thing. So you the you know the the nurse wheels the this you know the um, virtual specialty care cart up to the patient, and they say, hey, you know, I'm Doctor Smith. I'm your cardiologist. That's it. That's all they need to say, and that's all the patient really cares about at the end of the day. Are they getting the high quality care they need when they need it? Um, and so. Yeah. Whether you call it white labeling, whether you call it just practice of good medicine, which is what we focus on, um, at the end of the day, what we're providing is that level of access. And as as you as you have built the model, you know what 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 has been one of the areas that that maybe you feel has been the most value add to to your customers. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's like I said, getting them and their patients the access to the specialty care when they need it. So for example, on the inpatient setting, we cut inpatient transfer rates over 80%. We cut readmission rates 30 to 40%. We're cutting, we're increasing the CMI, which means the complexity of the patients that are able to be treated locally and on site um, by almost 40% as well. It, it's it's amazing what you can do with the right access to the right physician, even if they're not there virtually, right? We're obviously not doing procedures we're not doing surgeries. Obviously, if we did that, we'd probably cut those transfer rates even more. But what we are doing is we're helping treat more patients. We're treating them faster. We're keeping them in the system and reducing the cost of treating each patient. So in terms of what's happening to the you know healthcare industry, what we've all seen is they have a real problem financially and, and kind of from a business perspective, right? They've always run on very lean margins. COVID put a lot of hospitals out of business continuing to put a whole lot, you know, just in general, the practice of healthcare is not a hugely profitable one from a health system perspective. So it's really important that for every patient they can bring in and do bring in, they're able to successfully treat um, and um, and take care of that patient in their own kind of atmosphere. Um, and that's what we're enabling. So we're increasing revenues, decreasing costs, and improving clinical outcomes while we do it. And that's just on the inpatient side. On the outpatient side, very similar concept, but again, to that point of needing a neurology consult after a stroke, um, you want to get those done in a timely way. Otherwise, that patient leaves. It's called patient leakage. And that hurts um, people across the system, whether it's a payer, whether it's hospital system, whether it's your local PCP provider, because once they leave, they rarely come back, right? If you've set up a relationship with someone an hour away, two hours away, it might be a pain, but now that you've gone to the trouble of setting up that relationship, you're not going to give it up. And that means all of the right. ancillary revenues associated with it, labs, images, et cetera, follow that patient, leave that local community. And that just drives that cycle of hospital closures and lack of local healthcare access and makes it worse. Mina, I, I hear you're a nominee for an award at Health. Yes, Is that right? we have been nominated to be a finalist for <laughs> uh, the Digital that. Health Awards for Health Equity because uh, we are we are so very proud that, that we have been That's recognized awesome. for that because we are, I think, making great strides in making sure that people get access to care when and where needed. And that is, as we all know, um, you know, where you get sick has a huge impact on how well you do. Um, and we want to make sure we're trying to do our part to make to kind of flatten that level playing field a bit. Well, well, we're su certainly rooting for you guys. Uh, I hope that you guys take the award because the, the the work you're doing is impressive, uh, and it's solving some huge problems. Um, you know, as as you think about the the business model, the the things that you guys have gone through in in, in building up the customer base, what's something that's you know 
not worked out as well, that's become a big learning lesson that's made you guys even stronger. Yeah. So for us, it's um, understanding the operational realities that hospitals are working under. And that might seem kind of naive from kind of a general perspective, but um, coming from a viewpoint of we understand what the ROI of this is, right? And usually that would be, in, you know, in, in most sectors, that's enough. But then you have healthcare, which operates under all of these other regulatory burdens, all of these other um, regulations and rules and CMS and HHS regulations, um, as well as you have the burden of HIPAA. And uh, rightly so. I'm not saying these are unnecessary ones, but this is all stuff on top of just regular business considerations. And so going into um, working with health systems and understanding, hey, it's not just showing them that you have a positive ROI from this relationship and that you're helping them improve financial outcomes and clinical outcomes. It's making sure that they understand how they can do that in a responsible and compliant manner and getting over that hump in terms of giving them comfort of, hey, not only are we your business partner, but we're your compliance partner and everything and, and, and making sure that that is addressed to the point where it's a non-issue, right? Because the last thing you want, and we've heard about all these ransomware attacks and all these other things. The last thing you want is to question if the physicians providing your care are protected and are covered and are secure. A lot of the hot buttons that that health systems are faced with, the compliance, the the ransomware, the the leakage, you guys are are, are certainly focused on the right stu- stuff. Um, talk, talk to us a little bit about what you feel is a technology or a trend that's going to change healthcare as we know it? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I hate to sound like a broken record when everybody out there is talking about AI, but, you know, literally every single client of ours talks about how AI is going to change how they practice medicine, whether it's inpatient or outpatient. Um, and so we're we're looking forward to it. We, you know, we've been using it for years in terms of machine learning and all that in our ways. That's, that's only, you know, when you're using technology, that's one of the, the kind of guaranteed ways you can get efficiencies out of a system with whether it's documentation, scheduling, billing, what have you. But from an overall practice perspective and a clinical practice perspective, getting it for clinical decision making, having generative AI help with some of those bigger issues. Is this going to happen anytime soon? No, because there's a lot of issues and a lot of questions to work with in terms of is this real data? Is this imaginary data? Is this straight up made up data? But um, that it's back out at you, but the potential is huge. And, you know, we have a lot of smart people in this country, and I'm sure people are going to figure out the way to do it right. And once we do, that's going to unlock a whole lot more value for our health system. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It's a, it's a big opportunity. We have to be thinking about it. You know, if we're not thinking about it, we do risk getting left behind. So great call out by, by, by Mina here on, on, on how to think about AI for the work that you're doing. Um, Mina, this has been so intriguing. I, I really want to say thank you for, for coming on the podcast to share the work that you guys are up to and the, the nomination you guys have coming up at Health. Um, kudos for all of that. If you wanted to leave the listeners with one thing, what would that be? I would say take a look at how you want to be practicing medicine. This is for providers that maybe are looking for a different way to practice their specialty, um, or it's for health, hospitals and health systems looking for different ways to bring care to their community in a financially sustainable manner. Um, look at what, what kind of services you want to be offering and what's keeping you from doing it in terms of if it's clinical, uh, you know, having access to clinical coverage. Is it having too many point solutions? Is it having no point solutions, having no technology, right? These are all problems that can be solved. We'd love to talk with you to figure out how we can help solve them. Um, and we'd love to meet our clients where they are. I love that. Mina, thank you for that. And if the 
folks want to get in touch, what's the best place to do um, it? Drop me an email anytime, mina at amplifymd.com or come out to our website, amplifymd.com. Amazing. Folks, uh, you know where to check everything out. It's in the show notes. So all of the the links that we've talked about, ways to get in touch with Mina, uh, all of them will be right there. Uh, and thank you all for, for jumping on. As I always say, make sure you take action. Don't stop at being inspired and listening. No, take action. And Mina, I want to thank you for taking action and being with us today. Uh, that's the beginning of, of of great outcomes for everybody. So really appreciate you thank being you here. Thank you so us. much for having me. Have a great rest of your day. You too.